Welcome to BeerNet Radio. Listen to on every continent except Antarctica. Hello, hello. Welcome to BeerNet Radio. <laughs> Today's not one of those days. <laughs> and emphasize the day part because it's only one. But that's cool. It's Friday. Not fun at all. So, and where's, is Harry's not going to join us there, is, is he? He's I, flying back from California. From Cali? Yeah. You know, he's too old to look at a calendar, Sam. So, yeah. apparently, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be at the gate at, you know, 11.55. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, we're drinking without you, man. So, we'll, yeah. we'll edit him in later, you know. <laughs> How often are you guys doing the podcast and you find it like, it's like the, can you click, click to see openings? Is it going up? Is it working well? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, we don't like the majority of our listenership is listenership. So, you know, if you look on a YouTube video, that's just a fraction of what we get. Cause we have, well, we got Apple and Spotify. I think those are our two main platforms. Yeah. Harry says it's building, you know, so. Yeah. Harry's, he's really like, this is his, you know, project now. He yeah. loves editing and. So he's trying to drive more people to watch the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so he's got like new thumbnails and he has sound effects and, you know, little yeah. extras for the, uh, the YouTube channel. So it, it has slowly steady. Um, Good. Cause I think the opportunity to be more listening than viewing when you think of the audience that are commuting right. to where they're going yeah. in the beverage industry and the salespeople who are now back on the road, in their cars, right. I would think there'd be way more listener growth in the long run than, than viewer growth but i could be wrong. totally no great you're, you're okay. totally right i think harry just wants it all yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> oh i'm here i'm watching all of y'all from my underground secret lair where i watch all beer people at all times <laughs> speaking yes. of wanting it all sam yeah. what straight. shall we open i let you you choose your own journey jen what do you guys want to drink so did you say you already had the squad no without me no, I got to I, I gotta taste the squall. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, what is a squall? What's a squall? It's a... So citrus squall will be our first <laughs> new core beer, like coast-to-coast -coast dogfish core beer release in, uh, in two, over two years. Wow. And it's we, we've been working on the recipe for over two years. We got it. I don't know if we got something we can decant it into or not. Um, I sure do. Yeah. And so basically it started as, you know, we've been making beer cocktails forever, you know, at Dogfish, but uh, this was um, started as a project called uh, Tupelia, T-W-O-P-E-E-L-Y-A. Uh, and, okay. and basically, you know, phonetically like tequila, but Tupelia. <laughs> uh, and the whole idea was instead of, we've been doing like fruited IPAs since 97 with Abraham. And we know Ballast Point for a while did, did a lot with fruited IPAs. And we said, well, we don't want to make a fruited IPA, but what can we do that? Let's try and envision equal DNA from the cocktail side and the beer side, not just add a uh, fruit to an IPA. So for what that means for this, so that you get equal character of a cocktail and equal character of a beer. So it's fermented not just with a beer yeast, but fermented with a tequila yeast. Oh, cool. I didn't know there was such thing as a tequila yeast. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, like there's a champagne yeast that's separate yeah. from, you know, beer right. yeast. So it's fermented with tequila yeast and ale yeast. 
it's the fermentable sugars are grain, blue agave, and grapefruit juice. Mm. Uh, and then on top of that, there's also the add, addition of peels of uh, lime, orange, and, and, and grapefruit. So it's got all these different layers of citrus character peels, uh, really low IBUs, probably the same IBUs, you know, Miller Lite or Coors Light around 10, but it's getting the, 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 the pleasant bitterness that it has is actually coming from the pith of the peel instead of coming from hop uh, bitterness. So drink it, let's talk about it. Cheers, good to see you, Jordan, Jen. Cheers. Good to be here. Yeah. Aromatically, think of the. Are you getting Paloma tequila notes as much as you have beer, as you have both the aromatics and the taste? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's not. It's not a. To your point, it, I. I would taste this and say it's more than a beer. <laughs> yeah, and it's eight percent too. It's eight percent. We're saying how can we make something like dry complexity of a cocktail but sessionability yeah. of a beer that you'd want to have it on tap. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so when you're talking about the, the peels, do you put the peels in and you let them sit or do they don't go into the fermentation tank or anything, right? Or They go in uh, uh, late boil because we do want, those were sterilizing, uh, like kind of end of boil where you put finish hops. Uh, but then we're adding the puree, the orange, the grapefruit juice at the start of fermentation because we want the yeast that's eating, but we want the tequila yeast and the beer yeast to be eating all three sugar sources, blue, you know, blue agave nectar, uh, you know, the grapefruit and, uh, and barley sugars. Cool. Because I feel like I do get like that, that bitterness of, of like a lemon or lime rind. I get a little bit of that. Yeah. And it's not so, you know, we're not trying to, it has some cascade hops, because as you know, that's like the quintessential grapefruit character hop that, you know, a signature hop for Sierra Pale. Um, and that's really the only hop that we use in this is, is cascade to further drive, you know, the grapefruit notes. Um, but again, pretty low BUs, you know, that's the golden ale, sort of more the spirit animal for this than uh, IPA. And if you look at at least Nielsen data, I'm not sure about uh, IRI right now, but what we saw was the uh, the golden ale category up about 10%. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the drivers, our pals over at Firestone Locker with 805, but mm -hmm. other than other than IPAs, I think golden ales is the only uh, style section segment that's up. And so we're like, huh, you know, that's cool. And I bet we could do something that, as Dogfish's culinary DNA routes, uh, our cocktail DNA right. in it, you know, and it still would fit within the golden style category. Cool. So that's where this will this will live. Is this your biggest bet for next year? Because I know you guys have a few. Obviously, you have a few uh, new launches. So is this your like number one focus? If you think of a new liquid that's that's on the mm -hmm. beer side, yes. Okay. So <laughs> this will be you know right up there you know, with, with 60 minute kind of equal okay. as a priority. Uh, and in many markets, it'll actually be the, the number one draft uh, initiative. Really interesting. When it, when it, when it launches in uh, sometime in, in February, and then it'll be number two, like single serve can 92 behind 90 minutes. 
Yeah. And is it yeah. priced above? 16? No, it'll actually be core beer priced, which, oh, wow. you know, when you think of some other national brands that are really growing strong in 19 twos mm-hmm. that are higher ABV, that also are, are delivering value at that, that higher price range, you know, 90 minutes been up at that price range for 20 something years. But, um, you know, we're pretty excited, we're, you know, as we dialed in this recipe, uh, we're able to sell it at uh, same prices as 60. Adding, adding nice. And despite it being kind of a hybrid between beer and cocktail, it's still going to sit next to beer on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Gold, golden ale category, uh, six packs, 12 in 12 ounce, six packs draft and 19 twos. Cool. cool. Yeah. That is yeah. Great. This is, this is great. I can, yeah. I can have a few of these. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jordan. We're super proud of it. <laughs> Two years, you know, it started as Topelia. We traveled in a bunch of our different locations. We had like our, our coworkers, like that's an interesting name, but you know, we want something that's not just phonetically a take on tequila, tequila. You think the TTB would go after you for that? Yeah, they were like, yeah. <laughs> so we, 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 we first did a beer called Squall, which was a very early New England style IPA uh, back when 750 mils were a thing. Oh so I think we we first released Dr. Squall 15 years ago, which was dry hopped with Cascade. So that's how it's still related to this recipe. Cascade's still the centerpiece hop, as it was with the original uh, IPA version of Squall. But now the only thing that's in Citrus Squall that has the signature from the original Squall is Cascade Hop. And we built everything around it to be equal inputs from a Paloma cocktail and a Golden Ale. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Because I was going to ask, how does um, Hazy Squall, because that's something you're kind of like testing next year, right? How does that? So that'll be be more akin to the original Squall IPA. So that will only be in the Atlantic Division in our backyard. Um, And uh, that, whereas Citrus Squall will be a national. Gotcha. And I heard you guys are going to do that, you know, that squall heavy music video nationally on TV. When does that hit? And what's the media spend behind that? <laughs> on the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Natch. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we had a blast with the music video and it was fun to do like our local, the radio station that plays classic rock and go on the morning show and introduce our, our song. And they played it on the show that a lot of oh, my, that's great. my coworkers listened to for music. And that was pretty <laughs> heartwarming for our band which is one person from it one person from <laughs> logistics our, our head of design graphic design brian selders our brewer and i so five departments are represented one one brewery band that's funny that's crazy that like to jordan's point you know it is too bad that the beer business isn't fun anymore it's great that you still have so much fun with it after all these years one of the ogs right so 27 yeah. years. This And tonight I rented a pontoon boat and 45 dogfish co-workers, the people that make surfboards out of wood in, in Maine called Grain Surfboards and Numero Group, an awesome record label from the, the Midwest. They just did a really beautiful box set for Blondie. We're all getting on the boat together and going to the pub and doing events for our Analog Go-Go Music Festival this weekend. Oh, cool. Cool, very, cool. Very so, cool. A thousand people here at the brewery tomorrow for that. Wow. Is it, it's always this time. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. We always do it in the fall. So it'd be great. 
love all kinds of new record stores outside with beer stations next to them. It's great, like holiday shopping and drinking yeah. occasion. <laughs> it's always nice to shop when you're slightly buzzed, you know, yeah. it's nice for the buyer. It's nice for the seller. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, that reminds me, Jen, my buddy, Nicola, his family owns Italy, you know, the big retail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Italy and they have these, all these stores around America and now all around the world, Italy, of course, and they don't have those little things that alarms that go off when you, if you try to steal shit, you know, oh. gates <laughs> as you leave. And he's Italian, his native language. So, and he's, but he speaks English pretty well. I'm like, Nicola, you know, why don't you have the, the gates there? And he's like, well, he's like, because we encourage people to drink while they shop. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, and so sometimes they steal things when they're drunk and they shop. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, so long you have the stuff up. He's like, ah, because it's such a good customer, Sam, that they usually wake up laying in bed next <laughs> to the things they stole, and they feel so bad, they come back sober and buy more stuff. <laughs> That's a good That's dude hilarious. right there. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So it's okay for me to racial profile my own, my own, <laughs> my own people. <laughs> yeah, I think Calagione might be Italian, right? I, I get a pass. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um all right. Well, before we move on to maybe tasting some of the, the cocktail stuff or I'll let yeah. Jay, Jay, you pick what we do next, but I'm curious, um, do you expect the pace of innovation to kind of slow in the coming years? Cause I feel like that's kind of what I've heard in the circuit. Yeah. I, I do. Th- I do feel like the retail and distributor tier is, is politely asking call it top hundred craft that rely on multi-state distribution to either be more judicious with the number of craft innovations they ask to be prioritized in three-tier distribution, or they're asking, inviting their craft beer suppliers to think about interesting launches in the beyond beer space in addition to their beer. Interesting. So they're okay. basically letting us know, hey, the customer right now is saying, but the retail customer is because of the consumer customer is saying, that the set of indie craft beer in our stores is the right size. Uh, and we're trying to fight just to keep it the right size and not have it go down. So they're saying, we're not saying no, we're saying you pick which of your young you kill on that shelf. And if we think you're an awesome brand and awesome supplier, bring us stuff that could go on the other shelf where we, where we are getting more space, which is yeah. beyond beer. It's kind of the message that I'm hearing out there as I talk to big and small brewers what i'm hearing from a lot of small brewers is fuck three-tier distribution growth right now i need to make sure i'm I'm having as much engagement and energy in my own wholly owned tasting rooms Mm -hmm. because uh i'm hearing from my distributor partners if i'm not going to do beyond beer i don't they don't want more from from me call it the one state three state five state indie craft brewer i see a lot of retrenching from them to their own wholly owned uh, locations right now i don't know if, if you, what you guys see about in that in that realm yeah I, well i was going to ask you a question real quick yeah. and yeah. it's um you know somebody like you you're going to innovate no matter what no matter what yeah. the retailers are asking for so if they say, you know, we're probably good on beer, but we could use more beyond beer, does that drive you to work more on canned cocktails innovation? Or are you just kind of saying, I'm going to innovate in beer, I might innovate in canned cocktails and kind of wherever my mind takes me? I think we, I think it's a great question. I'd say 
the, the, yes, we're spending probably a little bit more energy resources and time, including myself, think with my, my, my cocktail hat on than my beer hat. It's still primarily a beer hat, but maybe it was 20% cocktail hat <laughs> a year and a half ago. Now it's 40% cocktail hat. And, you know, but what I, what I am doing is that the energy for beer, I'm less focused on, we need to have a, a bunch of, of new things that go out to wide distro and more focused on, hey, it's okay if this thing that we spend a shit ton of time on is something that only gets released in our own properties or just in the Atlantic division, because I know we can't bring to our national sales force a ton of new dogfish beer innovations, but I know our natural energy is sharks gonna, you know, keep swimming forward or dies if it's not swimming forward. So creatively, we're still swimming, but we're just sometimes choosing little estuaries to swim in for certain projects instead of giant oceans yeah. and, and selling the fun stuff locally. Like tomorrow at Analog Go Go, we, with the Numero group, they sent us, we asked them to make a playlist of songs that were more rock and more folk. And then we listened to them, the Brewers of Rehoboth listened to one and the Brewers of Milton the other. We designed the beer, listened to the playlist. It will get sold in a, in a record, wooden record crate stamped with our Numero and Dogfish logos come with a record and the expectation is you listen to one side for 22 minutes while you drink the beer that was designed to go to that side and the the other side side you flip it over and you drink the other beer imagine bringing that idea to our national sales force and saying get that in get that in and tell that story to every you know chain outlet across right. america so we're we're being judicious and, and still doing really storyful off-centered things but deciding they don't all need to be swing for the fence you know volume plays because that's not what our distributor retailer partners would want right now yeah. um and so you got to balance that against okay but that doesn't mean that's that the dogfish customer that grew up expecting those kind of deep collaborative story rich concepts we still need to do those that's who we are right uh, but we just can't bring them all everywhere right no that yeah. makes sense yeah. yeah i mean and to your point about you know having more innovation at the tap room definitely hearing that for both smaller and larger craft brewers the smaller guys obviously it's profitable for them you know to sell yeah. over the bar but then for the larger guys even like you know boston even ab's craft you know they want to scale in a way that that makes sense and is going to hold so you know, um, that, that is, we do hear that for sure. It's interesting to me too, you know, where that used to be a pressure, well, it still is a pressure point between distributors and, and brewers about what you have at your tap room, right? Cause then the distributor doesn't get a cut of it, but to your point, they have so many SKUs. I think it's less of a big deal to them now. They know it's not a ton of volume, the distributors, and they're focused on other things right now, <laughs> you know, they got yeah. bigger fish to fry. So yeah. They're making some interesting alliances too over that. Um, yeah. but, like uh, so interesting alliances. Well, first I to I totally agree. It's kind of like crap is always these kids that are sitting over on the corner, like hitting each other with baseball bats, <laughs> order their diapers, you know, this day. <laughs> and they're kind of like, hey, when one of you gets good at swinging that bat, come over and bring it over to the big leagues in three tier distribution. But right. cool, you're right. going over there with those wiffle ball bats. And, uh, and, and I think that's kind of true right now, but now they're saying, keep doing that cool shit in your tap rooms with your wiffle wall bats, but maybe <laughs> look at bringing big bats that are in the beyond beer space towards us yeah. right now, that more so than traditional craft beers. Cause the other thing is there's so many awesome tasting room breweries that do such great, mm -hmm. super fresh 
interpretations of what we know is the number one beer style IPAs. And it's great watching the segments fluctuate from hazy to cold to, to whatever that we want to call the IPA trend du jour, but it's still the IPA monolithic category. And three tier is does that really well, top 20, but also tasting room breweries do that really well. And I don't think too many distributors are that excited, you know, to get national another new hazy that's not well in it. And right. frankly, that's why, for example, where we've been making IPAs and hazy IPAs versions of unfiltered for two decades. But right now we're like, you know what? We think there's some white space in a, in a unique beer cocktail hybrid that looks plain golden instead of here's an, another cool logoed hazy IPA. Right, right. I'm curious too, you know, talking about IPA and, and beyond beer, um, you know, you mentioned your, your hat is 40% can cocktails right and then the rest of it is beer is that kind of what the business breaks out like now sam <laughs> are you guys like 40 percent can cocktail and 60 percent beer <laughs> we're not there yet but my hat's off to the boston beer, beer like sales organization jenny who runs our our, our, our dogfish brand team elizabeth who runs the can cocktail team because it yes it is more we see way more tailwinds in that category than in traditional craft beer right now yeah and because not many people can say, hey, we've been working, we've been perfecting cocktail recipes for two decades. Is right. there, I don't know, is there another brand that can say that? Um, I don't think they, I that's don't had a crowler so. machine for a long, long time. <laughs> and has been canning cocktails for this long. So we know that we're really good at this. And we know that it's the moment when, when the, the kind of cream rises to the top of this category with all eyes on this category. So we are extremely focused on it and it is going to be the growth driver for dogfish uh next year is our canned cocktail part of our portfolio and when i say i have 40 percent of my my hat of 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 on canned cocktails and 60 on craft beer that's that's also you know thinking about our sam brand and thinking about beer in general you know, i'm not when i think about the health of beer and beer as you know we're not wavering that's the heart of our company our middle name right. so you know my meetings are not just about dogfish and my my innovations like i'm next month i'm going up megan uh parisi who's one of our great long tenured brewers who's at our jamaica plain sam adams brewery did this amazingly flavorful three percent abv english mild and i was like that was fucking awesome megan let's make an imperial mild that's awesome we're doing an imperial hers was called mild thing t-h-a-n-g so that's we're awesome. doing we're doing milder thing like a 4.8 abv imperial mild uh you know with all these different tree syrups we said we just won't do maple but what else can we suck out of a tree and put into a multi-mile and that's awesome uh, so, so yeah, I'm having as much fun working on, you know, with the Sam brand team and, and as, as I am the dogfish team, but I'd say I'm mostly focused on spirits-based RTD, foolproof spirits, like the whiskey we're, we're releasing tomorrow that's aged with the shavings from a wooden, uh, wood, wooden uh, cedar uh, surfboards called Grain to Glass. So that's a, 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 one of the best whiskeys we've ever made we're releasing tomorrow. So foolproof. Spirits based RTDs and beer, I'm focused on. You know, uh, Erica, an amazing tea team. We they got twisted tea dialed in. Mm -hmm. That is our biggest growth engine. I'm frankly mm -hmm. just give them high fives and thumbs up. I'm not doing much on tea innovation. I got to spend a little time in Canada playing with our friends of the 
the THC two world. Uh, <laughs> Got to keep an but, eye on that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'm not really spending much time on that. Or that and the Truly team are awesome. You know, I've had some interaction with the spirits based side of, of the Truly world that we're doing. I'm mm-hmm. excited for that because they're so complimentary. You know, one's more of a vodka seltzer play, mm-hmm. whereas Dogfish is more of a full-on, full, 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 full flavored seven ABV cocktail play. So. Uh, those are the two areas I'm mostly focused on. What do you guys want to drink next? Well, I guess we should Dude, drink. Jay, they call. By the way, Jen, when did you start calling Jordan Jay? And Jordan, do you also call Jen Jay? <laughs> no, I did not call her Jay. And it, when did that start, Jen? I I don't know. I, a while I, a while ago. Yeah, I mean, I love it. probably four <laughs> or five years ago. Probably. I, I'm I'm just lazy, you know. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I'm efficient, you know. Yeah. That's what I automatically, I call Harry H. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sam, I should probably call you S. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk quite enough for me to call you yeah. S, but from well, now my name's on, you're S. One, my name is one syllable. You're trying right. to save time <laughs> for these multi-syllable names. True, true. Jordan. It, yeah, when I first started, I think Jen was already calling Harry H. Was yeah. I? Yeah. And so naturally, Jay just followed after that. And then once <laughs> I was Jay, I couldn't you know call her jay no, no, no. right no. it would be too bad yeah, we have the jay origin story we got that on tape now <laughs> yeah right the, the murky origin story it came from a squall anyway <laughs> jay what are we drinking next uh i guess let's put a dent in this uh walking run so let's go for it uh, all right, let's do it. So props to our design team. So yeah, yeah. The story of this. So the, I'll give you the the or, I got the origin story, origin story of Jay, origin story of this. <laughs> Mariah was like, I was like, Hey Mariah, can you put like a, this little corner of the cabin up in Dogfish Head, Maine? You mind if I put a brewing system over there in the winter when we never go up there? She's like, All right, yeah. And so I start designing and ordering and. My brewer friend Brian starts helping me, and then she doesn't look at the bills. And then we basically we spent half as much as we started Dogfish Brewery, the whole company in 1995, putting in a two-barrel brew house, a one-barrel brew house with two-barrel fermenters, all glycol controlled, in our cabin in Maine. So she's like, "Oh my God, you better use that brewery you just brewed <laughs> put there." But it's beautiful. It overlooks the the the, the, the river that Dogfish had the Judham land is on. And one of the first beer we brewed is an homage to the OG Maine craft brewers. And when I say that, I mostly just, let's give a toast to Alan Pugsley. I don't know, ah. I'm sure some of your viewers remember Alan, who's helped to start Shipyard. He's mm-hmm. helped to start Gary's. He helped to start Magic Cat. He's kind of the Johnny Appleseed of New England craft brewing ales. And uh, he had a relationship with a brewery called Ringwood over in England. And that's where the, the famous mm-hmm. yeast that a lot of the New England breweries started uh, called Ringwood yeast um, came from. It's kind of polarizing and often throws a lot of uh, diacetyl buttery notes. <laughs> great brewers can tame it. So this was an homage to like mid eighties microbrewed pale ales. Uh, Very the, specific. The walking <laughs> run. And the name comes from, uh, we sent it to Paul, our head designer from Brian. And Brian's like, oh, it's Pet Pat Johnson. I'm going to drop some at your house. Where do you live? He's like, 218 Walking Run. It's like, literally, your name street's Walking Run. It's fucked up. Which is it, you know? 
And so we're like, it's kind of a funny concept for a beer. So we drew this, you know, speed walker, uh, you know, and these speakers that are catching on, on fire. It's so fast. <laughs> uh, it's a fast waiting. walk run. Yeah. It's funny. What's up with the, like, Dia de los Muertos mask? <laughs> mask yeah. or... I don't know. There's just so much going on there. I don't know <laughs> why he's got that face. Just tell the truth. Your designer was high. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we got some of our stuff sent down from, you know, Canada accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. I think my next shipment should actually accidentally be from Canada. Yes. <laughs> so just crisp, you know, yep. wood, woodsy, rustic, you know, almost like a farmhouse, but very, a main farmhouse, not a Belgian farmhouse ale, you know. That's good. That's good, great. good. Easy drinking, for sure. Yep, Makes pretty low, about 5.6. Yeah. I was just in London, and you'd say 5.6 pretty low, and they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. We, we drink like, beer like water. Oh, my God. We visit like six breweries, and there's usually on the, on the you go to a brew house or a brewery, and there's 16 on tap. There's two that are over 5% in, yeah. in, in, in London, you know? They're Imperial Milds. <laughs> yeah, like, they're more playing than nice yeah. that's cool so is this is this only in 16s then yep not okay. even not even draft but even though it started as a, in our own locations during covid we really fell in love with it said we should distribute it again we decided not to clog up a lot of our distributors mm -hmm. with it in terms of another priority so it's only like atlantic so call it new york down to okay. north carolina distribution cool is it like a c-store play or no no, I'd say it's more indie, you know, okay. indie accounts. Right. We're not trying to spend a lot of our chain energy on get this in. We have some awesome chain partners. Um, I'll, um, there's many, but I think of a total or a, Weg, a Wegmans that are mm. excited for this. But we're not focusing on it as a, as a chain initiative. It's more, in, cool. more indie, I would say. Cool. All right. Solid. I think you're next. Uh, since you have that main system and you need to, to fill it probably with Maine-like things, there's yes. so many graveyards out in Maine. <laughs> you do something about that. <laughs> you know, there's so many old, random, side-of-the-road ramshackle right. graveyard plots out there you know so give me a yeah. beer give us a beer idea what do you got i will do? i will i'm Go gonna on. think on this i'm gonna Go think on, on this jordan i'm gonna put you on it jordan comes up with the funniest names he's our he's Your our name? minted namer you have to give me a second though <laughs> on this one <laughs> you can Main. call it dead ass that's what you can call it <laughs> yeah Nothing's really coming to mind when I'm thinking about main graveyard <laughs> beers. So, <laughs> Stephen Kang, let's see. New England graveyards. <laughs> let's see. There's red ales were popular back in New England. The red pills are coming. The red pills are coming. The pills are <laughs> not enough red pills. There's red ales. Why isn't there red yeah. pills? That's a good so question. What do you guys think about pilsners? Let's talk about that. Why is everybody drinking pilsners in the tasting rooms and at the breweries? There's the saying in wineries. You know, it takes a lot of, you know, IPA to make good wine. There's <laughs> the saying in craft breweries, it takes a lot of pilsners to make IPA. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they're tasty. Like, you can make them tasty, right? Like, a Czech-style pill is, right. has a lot of flavor. And it's 4%, thank God. It's like drinking water, kind of. <laughs> water with the well, edge taken off. But why is it that it's, you guys think that it does so great at the local tasting rooms, but when you bring it into this sort of big 
retail or three-tier world, it doesn't seem to be gaining a lot of uh, energy if you look at yeah. the IRI deals. Yeah. I, I think it's calories, Sam. And, yeah. and, you know, the calories may or may not be listed, but... For the pills? For the pills? Yeah, for the pills oh. on a, on a craft brand. But I think that's why you see it in the tasting room because in the tasting room, there's craft after craft after craft. Um, and they're not but, looking at calories in that environment. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing when they walk into a tasting room. But when you're in the grocery store and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll get like um, a four pack of strong IPA. And then in the meantime, I'll have something light with, I know what the calories are, you know? And then the IPA is more of like a treat. So yeah. But That's it's a 12 pack of seltzer, a, a 12 pack of Mick Ultra that they know the color. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's cheaper, you know, so that's yeah. a different competitive set. But, you know, there's brands like uh, Stone what, Buena Vesa that's doing pretty good. Right. So yeah. I, is you that know. straightforward poster? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a Mexican style lager, but it's a lager. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm surprised it's not bigger than it is, but I'm starting to hear things that that is the next big thing but who knows we we always hear that whatever is the next big thing we'll see if it comes to pass but jay i think i think you're right about that like the you know what you'll have at the tap room versus what you'll have at the grocery store but i think it's just the competitive set right like i see it as a logger and why would i pay more for a logger when i can buy mcultra or you know whatever yeah i don't yeah. know so as you guys are coming out of the season of, of writing about and actually being at a lot of uh, a lot of the planning meetings for next year to see what the innovations that are coming. And we also see that uh, 21 to 30 year old drinker that I don't know what percentage of the alcohol they're drinking in America, but it's the majority. And that they grew up with Sierra Pale in their parents' fridge and Dogfish 60 and Stone IPA. So it's like, oh, that's what my parents drink. <laughs> each of you are running a $200 million campaign or a big brewery that wanted to get a 25-year-old excited about craft beer, what would your messaging be? What liquid would you what liquid would you make them and what would your billboard say? Jay, you can go spot? first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> I would still lean towards an IPA. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think I think a lot of people just love a good IPA. It might be one or two, but mm -hmm. It's like a guaranteed one or two for that consumer. You, know? you mean one or two in a session drinking? Yeah. Or one or two. Yeah. A guaranteed one or two. I think um, somebody like uh, Main Main Beer Co. You know how yeah. they do the uh, big the glass single. bottle. Yeah, big glass bottle. I mean, it's giving that to distributors is almost like a um, it's almost like a wine brand. You know, mm -hmm. like one single bottle that they have to. I, I, I think I would kind of try and do something like that where it's just find one at a time and you know, like, okay, this is, this is good. It's a good brand and try to kind of go in that and the, direction. And the, the package is more innovative maybe than the, the liquid or at least the style call up, you know, with the rough wine paper, elegant, you know, volume of white versus, versus elegant, you know, uh, font you know uh you know verbiage on the package not a lot of design yeah uh, no you just know okay I, I recognize that and that's one of the only beers i know that like i can tell by the the bottle and the label yeah and i know i'm gonna get a pretty good beer 
So that's what, that's what I would do if I was a craft brand. Um, I would rip off. <laughs> I would rip that off. That would rip off main beer cup. <laughs> All right, listeners, get out. Jen, what would you do? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Hopefully, you never open a brewery, Jordan. <laughs> um, I'm sure that you won't after having worked at BBD. Um, no, it's so kind of like what what Jordan was saying, or and what you were kind of picking up on, Sam. I think, and by the way, I know nothing about 25 year olds. It's been a hot minute, except that they supposedly drink less, which I think is true. Um, I would lead with packaging, but I would do it like completely different. I would get like even more sustainable packaging, whatever that means. Um, And maybe different, I mean, not just the graphics, but like the shape or if you can actually see through like a, I mean, obviously you can see through bottles, but see through can, like, I don't know why there's isn't more, truly innovative packing packaging and i think that's going to be the next wave of innovation that sticks like truly innovative packaging and i know it costs a ton of money right and there's already an infrastructure at retail like you know you have this space and these these go here the four packs go here and the 16 ounces go here what yeah but i i mean if i were a 25 year old who didn't drink a lot if something looked extra sustainable to me and very different was eye-catching you know that's where it's that would actually get me to pick it up yeah um and also i don't think there's enough i mean you guys do a good job of this but there's not enough brands with personality out there like i always say like uh what is it liquid death obviously that's been a huge smash in no small part because it's a funny brand like it's funny like the 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 very concept is inherently funny you know you're it's like it's water you know so um i agree you can tell their ad concepts haven't been focus grouped to death of, <laughs> to liquid death of oh that's too risky that'll offend this person do you guys see the one where they did the blind tasting it's like someone's having like pureed shrimp juice no. oh yes it. i did that's like, right do you oh. prefer the death water or pureed <laughs> tuna fish and like yeah, you know, I'm like, oh i like the death water <laughs> Yeah. it's great it is great and then they had the voting one that with the fanny pack and yeah. like uh, that was that was great because oh you know murder your thirst because it's illegal to drink water in line here <laughs> so it was it was good yeah no um yeah but there needs to be more risk taking and unique and unique brand voices yeah uh, and i wonder how much uh how the lack of that how much it's driven by how quick to be offended, critique, woke, or whatever. True, uh, yeah. It yeah. is if you do something that isn't standing out or is you know, outstanding, you know, it's something yeah. they're going to super judgy moment right now. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if you're a big company, it's much harder to get away with. Well, yes and no, you know, but yeah, definitely. So we still have... Let's drink a cocktail. <laughs> Let's do it. The cocktail. So, are you guys okay? So, Dogfish Can Cocktails are they still currently the number six RTD brand overall? Is that correct? I think I heard somewhere recently that one of the massive liquor brands just did a distribution uh, drive this month and ah. went up to uh, you know overtook us. We were six like a week and a half ago. And okay. You know, again, this category yeah. is really young, but there are certain brands that. Uh, Particularly, you think of whiskey brand, whiskey brands that their bigger push is more in front of the holidays, mm. and, and with uh-huh. us with crushes and sort of brighter 
flavors, our biggest push will be, you know, spring Summer, and summer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, our, I think we'll be, but I should also say that we just uh, started November 1st, which is two days ago, started a big spend here in the Atlantic, uh, right in our backyard, New York, New Hampshire, Virginia. We're going three with hard with spends in those three markets digitally uh, to, 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 for a holiday concept. So I think, you know, we'll see ourselves click, click back up. We're still, it's not, we're on forecast. It's just that there's been a surge right. uh, for a couple of brands that uh, the timing their, their distribution drives. Um, and that's how young this industry is. You can change positions. Right. But a month's focus when you're this distributor. So you, you see like the top seven, eight, nine brands kind of shifting those uh, positions right now. I, I think next spring and summer is... The equivalent of the biggest seltzer summer is my feeling for spirits based RTD. Like, oh, that, that's okay. right. Well, yeah, we've talked about this. And why? Why is that? That next summer is going to be the breakout summer for RTD? Because I feel, I feel like this was the year that it was like retailers were like, holy shit, this is a, a trend, not a fad. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out how we're going to display this. What are we going to call this area mm-hmm. of the store? what percentages you're going to put the cold box first on a warm shell. So I feel like this year was like the, okay, oh shit, I think we get it. And next year is going to be the really well-executed year where the top retailers and distributors are like, we believe in it. And this is how it's going to come to life in front of the customer. And it's going to be the big surge year of volume because I feel like all three tiers will be synchronized that that's going to be the growth engine for the warm season of 2023. Um, so I feel like that's also means that next year will be the year that the, the, the leaders will be established and the long tail will also be established. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a two horse race okay. at the end of next summer, the way seltzer was, right. because I think this drinker isn't as brand, uh, specific as mm. they are cocktail concept, you know, basket of cocktail concept interested i think they're going to drink more broadly across concepts maybe from same brand families um but i definitely see a uh, see a world where the 10 10 lead horses by the dust when the dust settles after next labor day we're saying okay this is established category with, with 10-ish horses that are sustainable you know as like brand uh, families yeah. Different, yeah. distinct. Yeah. Are you guys going to be, do you think you will be competing with like the Jack and Coke RTD or is that just going to be a completely different consumer set? I, I think the consumer's not going to be thinking about it the way we are. You need, uh, you know, the, the, uh, us industry folk. Whereas I think we're, we've kind of just, right now we pick these two ABB lanes, I think. One, let's call it the, 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 the vodka seltzer lane that we all know is going to thrive. And the other is the real cocktail lane that yeah. we, we think is going to thrive. And so, and for for Boston beer, we know that they're complementary. We know that we can execute against Truly Vodka Seltzer as a, as a concept right next to Dogfish King Cocktail, one at five, mm-hmm. one at, you know, seven, um, different price point. Uh, um, but I think those two categories are going to happen, but I don't think the customer so much is going to think about them as 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 two categories you know uh, what do you guys think you guys are, are analyzing sifting and writing about this more than you ever thought you would right jen i was gonna well I, man i i don't know i i agree that 
retailers and distributors are going to put more focus behind it than ever next year. More retail, more of them are getting them right. And it makes sense. And I think it'll do well. I was at the, <laughs> I'm going to call myself out a bit. Jordan yeah. knows this. You may know this, Sam. Yes. Um, despite my many, many, many years of flying, I'll never get used to it. And it still freaks I me out. It's a control freak thing. I just, and so I have to have a few drinks before I go on a plane and it, <laughs> doesn't matter the time of the day right like if my flight's at 8 a.m i'm having two drinks before i get on that plane because i literally feel like i'm facing death every time i anyway get to the airport earlier oh yeah up to a bar oh yeah for 20 minutes yeah and and power drink two drinks before you get lunch yeah so that i so that i can make you know the alcohol business has enabled me. <laughs> anyway, like we might cut this in post. We'll cut this in post. But anyway, I was sitting at that bar looking at the cooler where they have like the different, like they had like a deep eddy RTD. I didn't even know that existed. And I live in Texas. And I'm thinking like, I mean, is that going to be here in five years? Because, you know, like Jack and Coke, Do, who needs a Jack premix Jack and Coke? How hard is it? To have a Jack Daniels bottle at home and and at a Coke bottle, like, do yeah. I really need that in a can? I mean, sure, just, you know, it, it, fine, it's not in a can. You want to go to the beach, pour it in an Algeen bottle, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's a little different with a grapefruit, pomegranate, vom- you know, vodka crush. Like a gin and tonic is one thing. A Manhattan is another thing, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look in five years. I think some brands will definitely still be around and, and have scale, but. Yeah, uh, you know the amount of skews in spirits RTDs that have cropped up is a ton, and I think most of them are, are very young. Um, yeah. So that says something about the category, right? Um, yeah. So, how about you, Jordan? I think, and I'm not trying to talk y'all up here, <laughs> but it's it's serious. I I think Dogfish Head can cocktails, and kind of what Jen was getting at is in a much better spot than the vodka seltzers because mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the price is really, really high for four packs, eight packs, 12 packs of a vodka seltzer that some people can't tell the difference between truly high noon white claw. Mm-hmm. And they're paying almost, you know, 25 bucks a 12 pack. But when you have a canned cocktail with culinary ingredients, mm-hmm. it justifies a higher price point yeah because you I can't think, make it at home right yeah i think for the jack and coke well, RTDs, jack, so. yeah yeah or the just basically a seltzer that's made with vodka instead of a sugar-based you know alcohol brew that people mm-hmm. might say i don't i like it but i don't know if i can afford to keep buying this yeah the way i would truly or white claw so Huh. I think, I think your price point warrants, you know, or your your culinary ingredients warrants a higher price point. So, and yeah. you're competing, you're competing with the um, I like I I see you and the other canned cocktails kind of in a different group than High Noon. You know, High Noon is fast consumption; it's just mm-hmm. drinking. You know. Yeah. It's you, a beer. It's almost a beer occasion, right? Yeah. Like This is energy set. Yeah. Volume. Yeah. All right. Well, I know we're getting close to time because I got, I got, <laughs> I got a 
playing for Anna. I feel like I'm fucking asking the questions because I'm curious <laughs> if you guys are thinking about the industry. But I guess I should also ask, what do you think other than our shitty packaging? I promise it'll change when it comes to market. Although I gotta say, Jordan, this kind of looks I like was about to... main, main beer company. Yeah, I, coming at you. I was gonna tell you, you know, I really like this white label with just the re- regular black font. Yeah, not a lot of color there yeah right. it's nice <laughs> i think you might be onto something here yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but uh and, and I, I think jen i don't know if you decanted i know you're gonna just have one today but again the coconuts and the color you can tell yeah it's pretty you know the real grapefruit cheese real pomegranate but uh you guys do you like this our newest crush this will be a big focus for us next year you'll, you'll like the liquid nice. hmm. and the crush pack is um the new you have a new yeah crush variety pack coming out yeah well launch in february ish so bar cart will still be our number one priority skew for canned cocktails and we and we definitely see the canned cocktail drinker gravitating and accelerating movement towards bigger packages from fours to eights mm-hmm. eights and twelves so next year you know we'll have our we'll have two variety eights the bar cart they'll have rum tequila uh you know in it uh, I'm sorry, rum drinks, vodka drinks in it. And then, oh, okay, uh, cool. Whereas uh, um, the uh, actually, wait, wait, I'm wrong. So, the when we go to the crush packet, so we'll, we'll launch a crush VP and that will have gin, rum, and vodka crushes in it. Whereas the bar cart up, up, update and refresh will be all different vodka cocktails. So, um, well, two VPs. That have variety pack, and then our uh, leading skew, the uh, blood orange and mango crush, will also be a single eight pack because we definitely see that market moving toward, towards bigger packages when we look at how much bar cart we're selling right now compared to four packs. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the the mixed variety packs with the different spirits are hot because it you know people can have them at a party you know that sort of thing and if you like rum or if you like vodka or you know gin there's gotta be something there that you don't like as much as something yeah. there that, that you do like right. yeah it's like which alcohol did you steal from your parents bar that made you throw up <laughs> we got that in there you want to stay away from that exactly this other person right. stole this other alcohol from their parents so we got that in there for them that should be your there's your ad campaign sam seriously <laughs> Who can't relate to that? In my in my case, it was like I'm just gonna mix them all. So it doesn't, doesn't. My dad it always. Had... It's always the white alcohols, whether it was gin, vodka, white rum, because that the one was like you could dilute it with water. Your parents wouldn't know. You know, it was never whiskey that made us. Uh, oh man! Right? Yeah. yeah. That's that's relatable. That is eminently yeah. relatable. <laughs> I don't know if that would pass our legal team screen. True, true. <laughs> but you could wink and nod to it, right? <laughs> Come up with a real fun metaphor. Uh, but oh, fun. this is great. Glad you enjoy it. We have three minutes. All right, power rounds question. Jordan's oh. going first because Jen went first last time. I have to answer it too. <laughs> Everyone's sick of the question in the beer space. What's the new IPA, what comes after IPA. Oh. If you have to decide in one minute, what comes after spirits-based RTDs in the Beyond Beer section? So it was seltzers this year, we're talking a lot about spirits-based RTDs. Two years from this day, what's the driver liquid 
in the Beyond Beer space? Jordan first, right? <laughs> Damn. Um, maybe some sort of punch. <laughs> right? I'm trying to think punch. of what ha- I'm trying to think of what hasn't been done already. No. Right. Yeah. Tea, lemonade. Um, maybe maybe Gatorade will enter into the <laughs> yeah. the Bev app. Murder your sobriety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be. My answer is gonna be a bunch of cool 1970s. Tarantino brings back cool 70s malt liquor ads, but figures out a way to upscale it for a malt liqueur, like a six ABV RTD, but it's spelt 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 fancy. It's a malt liqueur <laughs> and cocktail based on malt liquors. Like like Colt forty five or like <laughs> fancier, but okay, Jen. That's that's one of the homages of Tarantino's ad ad reel. That's funny. So I like that. It's very upscale. Very. Take us out, Jen. Oh man, I I'm gonna go again with the with the packaging. It's gonna be something that looks super cool. Like um, what's um. Like an Aperol spritz, but it actually looks like a beautiful Aperol spritz package. But I know they've tried that with things yeah. like, you know, Copa, Divino, and things, you know, the different, but something that's the right size and, and is really cool looking. I, I don't know. Other than that, who knows? But I yeah. think the packaging is going to have to evolve. Yeah. I, I take my, good. Good. I, th- I take my answer back. I think it's going to be more of what we're, what we have seen and we're starting to see more of is spirits brands getting into malt. Mm. With like the fireball, the, the, the fireball malt-based malt. fireball, the yeah. um, like Boston beer is going to do with the Kentucky coolers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the Jim Beam. I yeah. think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of room for spirits to go into malt based brands and mm. just slap the name on there. And people don't know, like, like um, yeah. Malibu, those Malibu um, FMBs. Mm-hmm. Right. They, you, shut your, you shut your eyes. Drink it. <laughs> yeah, Leslie's cousin was drinking one, and Leslie is somewhat up to date on the beer yeah. industry through me. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't think that's actually Malibu. And she's like, no, it's definitely Malibu. It's like, it I says mean, Malibu. Like Malibu. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot of juice uh, for the spirits companies to squeeze, unfortunately. And yeah. Well, maybe not maybe not unfortunately it's gonna be fun yeah, yeah. all right i'm gonna go into analog weekends have fun yeah that, that sounds like a blast y'all have a great time are the beastie boys gonna be there i'll come around you said hi I'll, on monday i'll send you the playlist from the the, the album that we built the two beers around all right nice great. perfect, perfect. thank right. you thanks sam always good Absolutely. Well, here we said that. Uh, <laughs> <Will do>. Yeah. <laughs>